At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey everybody, it's In The Clinch MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. Paul Fontaine alongside Ryan Frederick as always. And we got a packed show today. I got I got more windows open here for this show than I think I've ever had uh, for one of our shows. We got a lot to talk about. So uh, we should probably just get right into this. Um, Ryan, we had uh, The Ultimate Fighter Episode 3. Uh, that aired, uh, we're, if we're going chronologically, this was the day we recorded last week. And uh, the continued attempt to babyface Conor McGregor continued on this show. And uh, and then he's doing his damnedest to try to do stop that in real life, which we'll get into later. But I, I just, I, I was howling at the, the one scene with him with little kid, like playing with action figures. Like, they, could they be more obvious about what they're doing? <laughs> yeah i mean yeah obviously yeah <laughs> yeah it was it was crazy but um this was uh i mean this i mean was... nobody's what nobody's watching the show anyway so it doesn't matter. that's true that's true yeah but i mean i mean that's when I, we haven't I talked mean, about that but i, I, the, I have the, my, this show's dying i have my i have my theories why it's dying on the ratings. well i mean the the format is played. it's the same for, it's the same format that's been going going on for 10 over 10 plus years, you know, even far different than the early, early seasons. And just, I think people just want to see McGregor fight. They don't want to see him be a, be a coach. And there's not really much interaction with Chandler right now. Maybe, maybe, you know, it'll happen later in the year and it'll bump up. But I also think a lot of people are watching it on ESPN plus I'm watching it on ESPN plus I'm not watching. Yeah. It on ESPN. On ESPN. Yeah. There's, there's that. And, and yeah, and that's what, where the show's aired for the last, yeah. you know, whatever, five years. So, <laughs> I mean, there. Well, a lot of people probably don't even realize it's on ESPN, and and I don't know how much it's getting. You know, like you're down there, and you, I don't think you watch a lot on ESPN other than UFC. But I don't know how much they're actually pumping up this show, like on you know other programming. Uh, it's, getting, it's getting it's getting same amount of advertising and everything else is on sports okay. and stuff. All right, 
but we had uh, we had Team McGregor's Aaron McKenzie uh, fighting uh, Team Chandler's Austin Hubbard on this show. Austin Hubbard, obviously being the veteran, um, there. I mean, Austin Hubbard won the fight two two um, two rounds to zero. Uh, won it pretty handily. Like you know, he kind of like I thought it should have been stopped almost at the end of the first round. Um, he was taking uh, Hubbard was, uh, was it Hubbard? Yeah. Um, our, our McKenzie was taking a beating at, at the end of that round. And I'm thinking like, even if he comes back, like, is he going to be in any shape to fight in, you know, whatever, two weeks? Um, you know, and, and as it turned out, the second round was pretty much the same, a little less damage in the second round. And I mean, he managed to last to the end, but that was about it. Um, McGregor looked pissed. By the end of this fight, and he's his team's now zero three, and uh, you can kind of sense that you know he's gonna he's about to blow. Um, I other than that, like there wasn't much notable on this show, unless I'm forgetting something real obvious, like I did last week. Um, no, nah, no, there was just you know the it was a our first fight that went the distance, so a lot of yeah. the show was more more focused on the fight, and then Connor meeting the little fan with the action figures custom made custom made kind of action action yeah. figures so yeah i mean it was cute you know seeing him there I, it's he looks like a different person on this show like I, I that's what strikes me especially when he's being nice like it's just like if i didn't know it was conor mcgregor i wouldn't even know it was conor mcgregor if, if that makes sense and i'm not even sure like this conor mcgregor would be as big of a star as the guy that became a star you know like he's just you know he's he's tame on this show. Um, although, like I said, I don't think if he loses another fight and he's zero four, like I think he's going to start. You know, like even if it's just for show, like just going off on people because uh, you could see like he was seething at ringside watch watching his guy lose. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and and it's funny because like I said on the you know when we after the first episode and when they showed the matchups i'm like man like i could see chandler going eight no and and you know and you said ah you know you you knew some things or whatever and then you said like, even just from the highlights they were showing and i'm waiting like and i'm looking at these last four matchups and i don't know man like i don't know which fight like his team's gonna win but um i sure as hell don't think it's gonna be uh team or valiant which i think is next week um and maybe it is maybe that'll be like a big um a big um, uh, upset, but was uh, that's the fight that we were supposed to get in week two, I believe, right? And that's that's next week. Yes, I, I think yeah, or tomorrow, tonight, as as uh, as you're listening. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll keep going with this. Uh, I guess there's we're three weeks. Is it eight weeks again? Right, as as usual, or are they do they go ten? They go they go longer than that. They go twelve weeks. 12 weeks. Okay. Oh, so we got a long way to go. All right. So, yeah. So that was uh, Tough 3, Tough Episode 3, Tough 31, 30. I don't even know. Was it 31? 31, yeah. 31. 31. Okay. Tough 31, Episode 3 is in the books. And uh, Team Chandler's up 3 nothing. Conor McGregor's fit to be tied. We'll see what happens next week. Um, and then we go to PFL, which was a newsworthy show. Uh, that was on Friday night. Um, I say newsworthy. First off, when we when we previewed this show last week, I uh, like I don't uh, this my uh, my airing and I don't know it might have been different down there, but the show kicked off with the amateur fight. 
uh, Blagio Ali Walsh against Travel Miller. I didn't even notice that on the show last week. And and Ali is obviously the uh, grandson of Muhammad Ali. And the second time he's fought on a PFL main card, and he got another first round knockout on this one. And you know, did an interview after, didn't really say much. But I'm looking at the topology, and they're showing that Aspen Lads fight was also on the main card, but we didn't see it here in Canada. Um, it was on the now, main card here. Was it okay? It I, it may be that the CFL game that aired before PFL went long, so that that might be why they 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 joined it in progress, um, because we we got it it came in at the start like during the intros of the uh, the Ali Walsh fight, but uh, and so we only got that and then three fights, two of them ended in the first round, and then we got the main event which was hmm, uh, kind of boring. Um, but, uh, the big story in the, in this was, and I, I mean, I don't like, I see you have it later on in the notes, but I mean, we could talk about it here a little bit too. John Jones and, uh, and Francis and Ganu were both there. Uh, Jones was in the corner of, um, of, of Maurice, Maurice Green. Green. Yeah. yeah. And Francis and Ganu was there basically just as, you know, a, a guest. Uh, but they were talking about this fight, like, you know, like essentially, Almost like, you know, these guys want to fight each other, but, you know, they're not going to fight each other because they're, you know, they work for two different companies. And and Ganu, you know, didn't want to sign to fight Jones. And I, you know, by all accounts, maybe Jones didn't really want to fight Ganu all that bad. But um, they, it was weird. And Ganu did this like long promo in the middle of like, between two of the fights and he didn't say nothing and he was boring and like, I'm watching this and I'm like, Oh my God, like he's got negative charisma on, on the show. He, you know, and I, I don't know what you thought or if you saw it, but I was not impressed. I, yeah. I, I don't get the whole point of doing that whole thing for a fight that is it going to happen under your watch. Your watch is just a, it's a waste of time, waste of time. John was right. I mean, Francis had, had everything had, he had a gigantic offer from the UFC to fight to fight John mm-hmm. to John, and he didn't take it. He instead took some PFL deal where he's not going to make as much money, and for you know a lot of stuff that he's not going to get. I mean, I mean, okay, you get to have sponsors on your on your shorts. You can have sponsors. Yeah, yeah you can have sponsor all the sponsors you want outside of the UFC. You just have to be creative with how you promote them. You can't promote them on your, on your shorts, but I mean, there's, there's ways to promote. I just, he made a bad well, deal. And you can also He's even getting, get, huh? yeah. what's that? I was going to say, you can even get like some of the guys get sponsor deals on their shorts, you know, like, um, a monster. You know, if, if it's one I of mean, you, yeah, monster. it has to be a UFC, UFC yeah. corporate, but a corporate partner. But you, I mean, he, He's he's gotten rightfully criticized for basically fumbling the Jones fight and and what the hell is PFL doing? They're, it's not going to ha- happen in their watch. There's never going to be any cross promotion promotion. You're just wasting time on building a fight that you can't deliver deliver. Yeah. Uh, and uh, just uh, yeah, I thought it was just stupid. Well, when you say what are they doing, I mean it, it got people talking. I mean they probably showed people highlights talking. on Sports Center and stuff. Yeah, so pe- people people heard the name PFL. Like that's literally all it accomplished. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, yeah, it's pointless. 
Um, the uh, the fights, Hennen Ferreira um, beat Mateus Chaffel, uh first round KO in 50 seconds. 45 seconds, Larisha Pacheco some, uh, KO'd Amber Lebrock. Both those fights kind of were almost the exact same. The thing, the funny thing about the main event was um, the the way the playoffs worked. Ante Delizia needed to finish Maurice Green in under, I think it was two and a half minutes, basically. And he comes out, and you figure, okay, he knows he needs to win in two and a half minutes to make the playoffs, so he's going to be aggressive. He didn't even throw a punch in the first two minutes of this fight. So I like I don't know if he didn't know or if he didn't care or what's going on, but but it was just so stupid. In the rest of the fight, it was like Maurice Green. If he won, he would make the playoffs, but he had no chance. Like he was just getting dominated, and then they just kept showing this Jordan Heideman guy at uh, uh, that got a win on the prelims. Um, and if he if if basically if uh, Delisia won, then Heidemann was going to make it into the playoffs. And, and that's what happened. So at the end of the fight, he drank a beer and that was that, but um, it was just weird. Like, I don't think these guys have a clue how these playoffs work or, you know, anything. And, and a lot of it's unfair, to, unfair to some guys. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, well, yeah, because you had these two guys fighting and here, you know, and um, you know, and, I guess because he hadn't even fought like this was his first fight. So he was trying to make the playoffs on one fight. Meanwhile, everyone else got two. Yeah. Yeah. Heinerman and Delisa, they had one, yeah. one chance to get in the playoffs as everybody else gets two. It happens in yeah. every division. I know, I know a lot of this cause you know, injuries and, and illnesses, drug test failures, and yeah. drug test failures but it's, it's stupid. It's yeah. It's, it's, and, stupid. and the, and you want to see more stupid. Fair, yeah. It's like what's even, it's like if it's like if Major League Baseball, one team gets yeah. 162 games to make the playoffs, and the other team gets 81 games to make the yeah. playoffs. It's not gonna, it's not fair to the team at, at 80, only 81 games. They're not gonna, they're not gonna, they're gonna get yeah. close, close to it. It's, the the funny no. thing is, I'll bet you, I, 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 I wouldn't say I'll bet you anything. I, I always say that, but I bet you there's a decent chance that Delisha somehow makes it in the playoffs, anyways. Like somebody's gonna get hurt, or somebody's gonna fail a drug test, and and Dolly's just gonna be in the playoffs. Yeah, just, like just yeah, this whole tournament for this whole season tournament format PFL does like like I thought it's I thought it's sucked for years. Yeah, it, it you know what the I think Bellator did it right um, way back when, like with their you know like with the two month season. Where the yeah, everybody would get three fights, or we wouldn't get three fights. It would be like um, it was just a like tournament. A, it was a tournament, yeah. So you had eight fighters, and then you know you fight once, and then you go down to four, then you go down to two. So you, if you advance, you'd get three fights in two months. But not everybody had to fight that often, and I thought that worked because you also built up stars that way. You had guys, you know, by the end of the tournament, you had somebody coming out of it with three wins, and and you know, and they're going for a title. And meanwhile, you know, if you're watching every week, you've seen this person win three times. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it's and, and a, you know, an official tournament with the time frame on it doesn't yeah. work anymore. Like like yeah. tournaments work like what Bellator does with the Grand Prix. Yeah, that's not longer. bad. And yeah. these seasons, these season formats don't work. I mean, UFC has perfect matchmaking. They they do tournaments, but they they don't ever they don't ever call them tournaments. It's all yeah, the, and, you yeah. know you can but you can tell by the way they they match they do matchups that oh yeah they're doing they're doing a tournament, but they don't ever call it a tournament. So just yeah. this some this whole yeah. You know, 
And especially if PFL and Bellator end up coming Come becoming on. one, I don't know what what the hell happens then. Who knows? For Who a lot of for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Uh so some of the other results from the prelims. Julia Budd got a unanimous decision over Martina Jindrova. Marcelo Nunez got a first round KO over Danilo Marquez. Um, De- Denis Goltsov, heavyweight, uh, beat Jorgen DeCastro, KO 18 seconds. And uh, Aspen Ladd got a second round submission over Carolina Sobek. So that, that was that. Now, the other thing I will say is we had Bellator 297 that happened on Friday as well. Uh, uh, more or less opposite the PFL. Well, no, it was opposite. It was head to head. Um, and I, I will tell you right now, like I pulled up the Bellator thing to do this show. I have not heard a single word about what happened on Bellator. Like I have show no sucks. idea. Well, there was no, there's zero buzz. And so when I said the thing about PFL and at least, you know, the Jones and the Ghana thing got people talking, like I heard about PFL this weekend. I didn't hear a thing about, about Bellator. So and I am supposed, and it's supposed to be their biggest show of the year. Yeah, and nobody cared. Um actually I shouldn't say that. I did see a tweet from Nick Baldwin, former guest on this show, that said big fights in Bellator are about to start now. That was literally the tweet that I saw. Um but uh so I'm pulling up the results right now. This is the first time seeing and hearing of it. Uh the two main events both went the distance. Surprise surprise. Retirement um, card went the distance, and it was. Oh, did it really? Oh, none yeah. Of it was, yeah. None of it was really exciting. No, no. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, and uh, yeah, so Vadim Nankov uh, retained the uh, light heavyweight championship with a unanimous decision over Yoel Romero. Uh, did he retire? No, but it was every Yoel Romero fight okay. that's yeah. gone the distance that you've seen for the last last few years with him doing absolutely nothing outside of the third round and the third round, he did all sorts of wacky shit and just, yeah, it's just, you know, <laughs> I got I mean, into did, it. Did he think he I won? got into it with big John McCarthy over Yoel Romero and his title shots in the UFC, oh. UFC, oh, yeah. UFC, you know, the John McCarthy and, and uh, Josh Thompson. I mean, they, Yes, they're employed by Bellator, but they suck the teat to an extra extreme level that not even UFC employees do. Do I mean they're just just Bellator does nothing wrong, and they were trying to argue that Ant Evans, who used to work for used to head UFC PR, talked about how Romero had four title was zero and four in UFC title fights. Uh, title fights and and you know he shouldn't have been headlining over Sergio Pettis and Patricio Pitbull like and I agree with that Nimkov Romero had no oh yeah had no right uh headlining over Pettis and Pitbull because Pitbull Pitbull was trying to make MMA history trying to win become the first guy to ever win three title you know titles and he's also their, and he's also their biggest star yes and Sergio yeah. Pettis is a bigger star than Benny Nekov I mean yeah so yeah Pitbull is their biggest homegrown homegrown star so I agreed with that and then they were McCarthy and Thompson were trying to say, oh, no, Romero was on to It was like, you know, he didn't get four title shots and all this and that. Yes, he was given four title shots. He'd lost two of those title fights at the scale. That's still losing a title fight. He yeah. was 0 and, he's 0-4 in title fights. He's 0-5 in title fights. People, people don't think that if think that if you miss weight and you lose your title shot by missing weight, that, that that doesn't count as a title shot. Yes, it does. You lost your you lost the fight at the scale. You lost your title shot shot. That's a losing a title fight. 
is missing weight is missing weight for a title fight is losing a title fight. Yeah, I don't care what absolutely. anybody says. Yeah, says. no, absolutely. So yeah, if you even if you win the fight, you lose the you lose. Yeah, because you don't you get you, yeah. yeah yeah like like they tried to point out well Romero beat Rockhold and he didn't win a title because he missed weight. Had he made weight, he would have won a title. But yeah. no, he missed weight, so he lost his chance to become to win a title. Therefore, he lost the title. So yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So yeah, and then Pettis uh, nasty decision over Patricio Pitbull. Um, I I didn't see it. Obviously, I mean, Pettis, was that any good? Pettis Pettis looked great coming off the okay. ACL. Pitbull, I feel like the, I feel like the uh, weight cut took some out of him. He uh, well, he used to fight at one fifty five. So that's yeah, a... I mean one forty five is perfect for him. It, it seemed like yeah. it seemed like uh, he's not fat. I don't think he was fast enough at one thirty five to yeah. keep up with Pettis, even though Pettis was coming off the the, the ACL tear. I think he was, you know, Pettis was just faster. Wrestling was wrestling was crisp, and uh, yeah, Pitbull was just a little too slow for him. Pitbull's bet Pitbull. Looks best at forty five, even good at fifty five, but his best is forty five, and yeah, just it was very, very impressive for Sergio Pettis. And then Corey Day, Corey Anderson, and Phil Davis was what you would expect a fight between <laughs> with Corey Anderson and Phil Davis to be, Mister Wonderful. Yeah, and then Corey Anderson was trying to start shit with Jamal Hill afterwards, you know, saying you know I'm the best light heavyweight in the world, oh. even though he's not even the light heavyweight champion of his own of his own company. He lost to the light, light heavyweight champion in his company. And, and I swear these Bellator fighters spend more time trying to, trying <laughs> yeah. to make fights with UFC fighters than they do with people in their own promotion. Like yeah. it's never going to happen. Stop it. No, unless he goes back there. And even yeah. if he goes back there, he's not fighting Jamal Hill. I mean, maybe if Jamal Hill loses yeah. the title and like three more fights after that, he might yeah. fight Corey yeah. Anderson. And we'll talk about it, but, uh, yeah. But that's one of the more interesting things that could come out of the Bellator cell when we'll yeah. talk about that later. Sure. Yeah. Uh, not much of note on the, uh, on the prelims or the post limbs as, as it, as it is actually the, I think like maybe the biggest prelim fighter on the show was actually in the post limbs. Um, Carl Moore. Um, there, well, maybe, maybe Kyle, Kyle Kretschmer. Kretschmer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he got a knockout in the post limbs as well. So yeah, it was, uh, not, I mean, all that hype, well, whatever hype it was biggest show of the year. And I mean, I can't imagine anybody watch this. Um, we, we, the ratings are late this, this week because of the holiday Juneteenth. So, um, uh, we, uh, we'll probably find out today as you're listening uh what these ratings were but i'd be surprised if anything on here made the <laughs> yeah, top 150 probably we won't because he won't nothing will make the top 150 no no because pfl will you know they'll, they'll probably they'll, they'll be make. in the top 150 yeah so uh yeah so that was bellator and uh do 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 then we got the ufc on espn which uh was an apex card um and uh there this is the last we're we're back on the road next week but uh we had uh for one week we, at least yeah we had the main event here that i wasn't like i wasn't sure what was going to happen i kind of thought that man if this fight doesn't end quick it's going to be boring and geez was i wrong uh, <laughs> one of the best fights of the year <laughs> oh honestly like 
this is one of the best fights you're ever going to see. Like, I mean, yeah, I want to put that. That I don't even think it was the best fight of the year so far, but it was. It was great top five so far, but it was fantastic. It was great though. Yeah, Uh, Jared Cannonier. I don't know where. Like, I don't know how he pulled this fight out of his ass. Like, you know, and and Marvin Vittori. I give more credit to Vittori for it. Vittori for staying in there. Yeah, I mean, like, good lord, he took a beating and just never stopped. By the end of that f- fifth round, like his face was hamburger, um, and I don't even—I don't think he knew how he let, managed to last. Like, I, he didn't know what hit him. Jared Cannonier shattered the middleweight record for significant strikes landed, but he broke it by like seventy or something. Like <laughs> he tripled it according to Dominic Cruz. Well, Dominic Cruz is an idiot. Um, but uh, although, you know, he did he bury his beef with Keith Peterson? He was pretty nice to him. Uh, uh, well, he was mean to him. He's mean to him at one point and nice to him at, at another point. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, man, I, I sometimes, you know what they used to say about Dominic Cruz was he, you know, he was like the smartest commentator. And you saw, I remember Dave Meltzer used to just like gush over him. And I swear now, like when I listen to Dominic Cruz, like I feel stupid. After listening, he, he's smart on the technical stuff. Yeah, but he holds biases against officials. Officials, and he's and dumb when he's, it comes to scoring. He's a horrible. He's horrible <laughs> at scoring fights. Scoring fights. He thinks he think he did something. I think it was in the Armin Petrosian and Christian Leroy Duncan. You know, if Duncan has a good last minute, he'll win the fight. And it's like, no, no he's already down two rounds to none. And well, possibly- and I. I think Possibly. even in in this one now maybe I heard it yeah, wrong, but they were he was talking like like uh, and I'm watching the fight and I I you know I told you this off air like I was I I was watching this really late so I'm like I was kind of drifting in and out in some of these fights but I watched I saw the whole main event but I'm like I was starting to question myself like did I watch what I think I watched because I swear I heard them say there's no way. Like even though Cannoneer's dominating, I'm not sure he can win on the scorecards or something. And then they showed they put up the stats, and like he had a super huge advantage in the second round, and and he had a super huge advantage in the fifth round. But the other three rounds were close, and like on the scorecards. But but I mean, if you're watching the fight, like it wasn't that close. Um, <laughs> no, just Vittori took a ton of damage. Yeah, but but I mean, the way that they were talking, they made it seem a lot closer than it was. And well, Dominic like, Cruz like, did. Paul Felder. Yeah, was, yeah. Paul Felder yeah. was almost like, uh, I mean, he was one to to. He was just he was openly disagreeing with Cruz's assessment yeah. on the scoring. So I did hear it right. Yeah. I did hear it right then because yeah, like he was basically almost saying like Cannoneer is going to have to finish him, you know, if he yeah. wants to win. Now maybe that was a subtle dig at like judges too like you know because you know i don't they'll, they'll know sometimes... dominic you know out of i mean we had rogan doesn't rogan doesn't really score fight score no, fights no. Just score fights he knows that cormier way. does but he's pretty Corm- bad too uh, <laughs> he's bad but like really but if you take the if you take the five main people you were talking cormier bisping felder cruz and i'd throw laura senko since she's on there yeah since she's, she's on great. there like Cruz is the worst, Adam. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cruz is the worst, Adam. Uh Bisping, Bisping used to be, I would say, not bad, but he was inconsistent. But he he went to the uh ABC scoring thing over the over the summer in July, July in Vegas, and he's been better at scoring fights yeah. since then. He used yeah. to like it, I'm 
remember his big old thing a year ago was criticizing all the a lot of the media scores and ever since he went to that class like he he hasn't said one thing about media scores since then since oh then, other I than mean, if ryan frederick says it's right i guess it is i mean i mean that was over <laughs> a year ago last time he mentioned yeah. my name as far as i remember yeah. as far as i remember yeah. he's got he's gotten really good at it felder's been good at cruise yeah, and uh laura senko's good at it too because yeah Bis- bisping would like he he would like just he'd be calling the fight and the guy's winning like same thing as what you just said about the um the Petrosian Duncan fight like he'll you know guys clearly won the first two rounds and then like Bisping's calling it like the other guy can win in the third yeah you know and or or they'll say um the scorecards are um what do they'll they'll say something like so and so's ahead on the scorecards um you know but but you know anything can happen in the third well no if he's ahead on the scorecards, like the guy that's losing's got to get a finish, like you know, yeah. it's yeah, it's yeah. But anyways, and that's how it was uh, here, great Vittori, but yeah. yeah. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out of market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Great performance by uh, Jared Cannonier here. Um, and, uh, you know, like the kind of, even though it was a decision, it's a kind of fight that, you know, you kind of want to see him. Like, he's already lost to Adesanya and he's already lost to Whitaker. But, um, you know, this fight was here for a reason. And, you know, the, the winner was going to be maybe not getting a title fight, but probably one more fight away from a, from another title fight. And I, I came out of this wanting to see Cannonier fight one of those big names, maybe Whitaker again, um, like somebody, you know, one of the top guys. I don't yeah, know what, what yeah, you have in mind. Yeah, he's in a weird spot. I mean, he's fought yeah. Adesanya. He's fought Whitaker. He lost, lost to both of them. Both of them. Somebody was throwing the uh, Kamzat fight. Oh, him. yeah. But uh, he doesn't want to fight Kamzat because Kamzat's not ranked at middleweight. Which, um, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Like, like that's really that's really the fight that makes sense. I was trying to think. I was thinking maybe you go Paulo Costa if uh, if Costa wins his next fight. You know, they got some weird. They got you know those two haven't fought yet. They've been booked to fight, but they haven't fought yet. Fight yet, but I mean everybody else. Or you know, yeah. if Drakus do play C, loses to Whitaker, maybe you go that route. You know, so that's um Cannoneer Costa could be could be a lot of fun. Yeah, but I mean Cannoneer's fought a lot of guys in the top ten. Top ten. He's lost to the two to the two best. Uh yep. Alex you know, if Alex Pereira wasn't moving up to two oh five and was staying at one eighty five and wasn't getting the third fight without Asanya right away, him and Cannoneer would have been the fight to make, but that kind of messes everything up him moving up. So middleweight's weird and I know there's a lot of people 
a lot of people, you know, who are questioning, you know, the next fights for Paul Acosta, Sean Strickland, but they, they got to interject new blood into their, into that mm-hmm. top 10 because that top 10, like, like I said, Adesanya's run through all of them. Whitaker's run through all of them except Adesanya. Cannoneer's almost at the point where, let's see, his losses, his losses at 185 are only to Adesanya and Whitaker. He's beaten Hermanson, Gastelum, Brunson, Strickland, Vittori now. Like he's beaten all the, he's beaten all the guys. So like there's a real roadblock right there mm-hmm. in the top three. So it's, I, it's, I, very hard, I, it's a very hard division to book right now. I would say for me, like based off everything you just said and looking at the list while you were talking, I think it makes most sense to put him against the loser of uh, Whitaker and uh, Duplessis. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and then, I mean, I thought that made sense. And I think, but I also think, you know, doing if Costa wins, because yeah. Costa will be, have beaten a guy on the, on the way up, but Costa's also a guy who maybe you're not ready to give him another shot at Adesanya, but maybe one more, like they'd be in, they'd be in kind of, if Costa wins, Cannonier and Costa would be really in the same position. You're maybe not ready to see them, see them fight Adesanya again. It's too soon. But maybe one more win for each of them, mm-hmm. you know, you might be ready then. So it'd be it'd make a lot of sense to book those two against each other if, if you know, if Costa wins. So the only know. other big name that we haven't mentioned that you know I don't think he's fought is Roman Delidze, but yeah. you know he just but lost. Delidze just uh, lost Vittori. to Vittori. Yes. Yeah. 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 They really need. They really. They really need Bo Nickel. Really. Yeah. Fast well, that's coming. And, I mean, that's some of these other guys. Other guys. There's. Brendan Allen is a good name. You know, that's also a possibility if he, you know, he's fighting this weekend. So, so they got um, some, they got some upcoming guys. It's just, like I said, a lot of their top 10 guys have beaten each other and fought each other. So it's very, it's a very low top, top heavy. So. Uh, another one to keep an eye on. He's, he's a you know few fights away yet, but Joe, Joe Pfeiffer too. Yeah. Um, is, is coming up fast. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, if he gets another knockout, I mean, you're, you're talking about putting him against a top 10 fighter, I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that, uh, that was the main event. Uh, the, not a ton of other big fights on this show, but there was a couple fights we wanted to talk about and they were early on in the card. Yeah. And we'll talk about, we'll talk about them here as we run down the rest of the show. Oh, okay. Okay. Show, yeah. Okay. Three, so, I would say let's do our three stars. Okay. So uh, I'll let you go first. Okay. Uh, my first on my three stars is going to be uh, Kyung Ho Kang. Uh, just, just absolutely looked great against Christian Quinona. Quinonez. Quinonez hurt him with some punches early, early on, but then Kang dropped him with a combo and got the back, rear naked choke. Just looked good. Looked good. Big one for uh, uh, Kang. Uh, second one is going to be Pat Sabatini. That was just an absolute thrashing. He took down Lucas Almeida in the first round almost immediately and just dominated him. Just, I mean, just landed so many, so many strikes from the top that I lost count. I think it was like something like 81 total strikes in the first round. Just absolutely mauled Almeida. There was several times you could have stopped it, stopped it. A very clear 10-8 round. And then he took him down early in the second second and instead of just punching them just started working for the submissions you know i had the back worked worked for a couple different submissions and then and then uh got the rear naked ch- or the arm arm triangle excuse me uh you know less than two minutes in the second round just looked absolutely fantastic and my third one uh there's a few of them i'm gonna go manuel torres just that that not he blitzed moto on the feet was landing a lot of punches 
and then landed a beautiful standing elbow that knocked Moda basically out. There was a couple follow punches that he didn't need, but you know, a minute fifty seconds. Torres looked good. He's two and zero, oh, two finishes. Mexican fighter. Put him on that independent on that Mexican Independence Day show show in Vegas on uh, September sixteenth. Put him in yeah. a big fight on there. Absolutely, yeah. Um, all right, I'll add uh, for mine Alessandro Costa, a uh, big flyweight win, uh, second round KO over Jimmy Flick. Uh, I think I want to say that was was it an upset? Uh, no, no, he was a big no, favorite. Okay, yeah. I know I had money on Flick, but it was an upset for me. Um, but Costa looked good, and uh, and yeah, j- just uh, more or less just dominated Flick and uh, brutalized him with the leg kicks. Yeah. I mean, Flick, N- nice win. Flick could barely stand. Yeah, um, I'll go uh, second star Armin Petrosian. Uh, ended the unbeaten streak of Christian Leroy Duncan. Um, kind of sucks because I thought Christian Leroy Duncan was. You know, going to be someone to keep an eye out for. But I mean, Petrosian, I think like this was, I mean, it's funny because these guys are both fairly early in their career. And usually you'd see a fight like this, like real early in the prelims, um, you know, a couple guys with less than 10 pro fights on, 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 on their record. And here they were like third from the top on a card. So it's kind of high profile. But uh, it was Petrosian's uh, second straight wins, third win in four UFC fights. And uh, again, like, you know, he's I think like this may be one where, you know, like Christian Leroy Duncan goes on a nice win streak and then you'll go back in you know, a couple of years and say, oh, the only guy that's that he's lost to is Armour Petrosian, who's, you know, like top five or something. You know, like I, I feel like this is a fight that was a real dangerous fight for both these guys to take. And uh, and Petrosian, Petrosian got the win. Um, and then my third star, um, and we'll talk about this fight a little bit more uh, in a bit, but uh, Carlos Hernandez, another flyweight fight. Um, I just like this because he he was going for the finish, like literally right till the very end, and I think he got the finish. Um, although the the, the judges, uh, they ruled it a technical decision. They went to the scorecards with one second left in the fight um, over Dennis Bondar. And uh, but I just thought Hernandez just looked, you know, like he was like a killer here. And it was a bit of an upset, but another, um, you know, another Hispanic fighter and uh, in that flyweight division, which just produces these great fights. And uh, yeah, uh, so yeah, Hernandez uh, to to Petrosian and Costa for me. And uh, take us through the rest of these fights, and we'll stop to talk about a couple of them. Yeah, okay. It started off with a light heavyweight fight. Uh, Modestus Bukowskis, unanimous decision over Zach Pogba, uh, 30-27, and then 229-28. I don't agree with the scoring on this one. I thought Pogba won the second and third round, and the majority, I I think it was like 85-15 split on the media scores, uh, scored it for Pogba. I will say the third round was close, and I thought Bugaskis won the first round, and Pogba won the second round. And the third round was close; it could have gone either, either way. I thought Pogba had, but I think the story of the rounds were one guy would be winning it early, and then the other guy would make a make a big would have a great final minute of each round yeah. to steal it. And pa, and uh, Bukaskis did that in the first, and Pogba, in my opinion, did it in the second and third. Third, but like I said, the third was close. Could have gone either way. Either way, uh, 
Bukasa's getting the scorecard 30-27. That's a bad scorecard because he definitely bad. he definitely did not win the second round. But uh, but yeah, uh, I don't agree with the decision. But but it when that 30-27 was read, he kind of looked disappointed because I yeah. think he thought there's he no thought way I won. Yeah, yeah, he thought he lost because <laughs> yeah, I think that was the very first score scorecard read. Was yeah, thirty twenty seven. So I think he thought he lost when that, that and then when and when it said thirty twenty seven, I got like, really? They gave it to Pago, and then when they said Bukowski, so like I was ty- like I start ty- when I start hearing the scorecards, I, when I'm typing out the result on my <laughs> cover- coverage, I, usually when it's going to the scorecards, like, and I have a good idea of when I feel pretty confident, I know who's going to win. I start, I'll at least start doing like. The typing out Zach Pogla defeats Modestus Bukasis yeah. by, and I already had that kind of when it started thirty twenty. When I heard thirty twenty seven, I started typing out Zach Pogla, and then and then I had finished finished typing out Bukaskis, and then they said no winner by unanimous decision. Modestus Bukasis like what? Yeah, so <laughs> then you like, just delete Pogla, move like, him to the back. Yeah, I was like yeah. what? Yeah, like I said, I, I thought Pogla won the fight. All right, the second fight on the card. This is our first one with, with yeah. some controversy. A bantamweight fight. Dan Argueta against Ronnie Lawrence. It went. It was a no contest at 2 minutes 20 seconds in the uh, first round. Argueta took Lawrence down and was dominating from the top. He was hunting for submissions all over the place. He locked Lawrence into a guillotine choke. I mean, it was in tight. He, he had a mounted guillotine. Uh, Keith Peterson goes to check the arm of Lawrence because, you know, Referees will do that sometimes when they when they can't quite see the eyes of a fighter and, and the amount of guillotine. Sometimes it's hard to see if the fighter is still conscious. Right? He went to go check the arm of Lawrence, Lawrence, and as he grabbed the when he grabbed the arm to make sure it's okay, okay, Lawrence was awake, but when he grabbed the arm, it forced Lawrence's arm into a motion where it looked like he tapped, yeah. and he didn't, but it. But when you actually watch the replay, like, like you can see Peterson grab the arm, and then when he lets go, like, like the hand touches touches the butt of Argueta, mm-hmm. and so Keith Keith Peterson stopped the fight immediately. Thought he ta- thought he tapped, and I think what Keith Peter- Peterson did, like you can kind of see him talking to Lawrence right after he stopped it. I think Peterson realized he made a mistake in that moment, like immediately, yeah. immediately, and. uh and but you know he had already stopped it, and he immediately went to the replay, replay, and you know saw confirmed what he thought happened, and they ruled it a no contest. It it sucks for both guys, both guys. But I'm glad like Keith Peterson like knew he made a mistake right away, fessed up to it, got it confirmed, and then owned it. Like he owned the fact that he that he fucked up. And, you know, it's unfortunate for both guys. I really hope both guys got taken care of as far as yeah. win bonuses because – but, I mean, I really do think Argueta was on his way to submitting him in that in that round. But, uh, but yeah, just an unfortunate situation. But but I know – and Dominic Cruz was on it, and he hates Keith Peterson, and he gave, it gave him ammunition to go off. But I think Keith Peterson did a good job in how he handled messing it up. I thought honestly, I thought Felder was harder on Peterson than Cruz was, Um, but but they're both pretty hard on him. (laughs) Yeah, but but uh, what I will say is like on first viewing, when you're watching it live, like I thought Lawrence tapped. I did too. Um, Yeah, yeah, and then when they show the replay, and you see, oh no, he didn't. So I think this is exactly why we have replay. 
Um, and the funny thing is, is you had sent me a message uh, about Jaron Vallel. And, uh, and Jaron Vallel was the replay official here. So I was like, I was waiting. Like, I thought maybe it was Jaron Vallel's decision here. And I'm like, okay, what did Jaron Vallel do wrong here? Um, and then I, like, I couldn't figure it out. And then I thought, okay, well, you know what? Then someone else on Twitter had asked me, what do you think of the refing tonight? And I was like, well, I haven't started watching the show yet. And, uh, and then he's like, well, there's a couple decisions here. So I'm like, okay, yeah. there's something else coming with Vallel. And, uh, and sure enough, there, there yeah. would be. I, yeah, I didn't bring this one up to you. I yeah. knew you were watching Collision. Collision. Yeah. I didn't bring this one well, up. Well, I didn't know you. what you were talking about, yeah. but I just I didn't bring, I saw Vallel yeah. here. Yeah, I didn't yeah. bring up because 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 the fact that Peterson owned up to it and they yeah. and they took care of it right away, like like he did everything right. you know. And, yeah, and, and I don't know right. what Vallel's role was. I guess maybe it was just to confirm what yeah, Peterson. he was just the, he was just the guy watching the monitor. So okay, gotcha, gotcha. Basically, like, oh, well, that's what like they have every week. They have what the re- at home, but they, but they but they rotate the referees. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like in a Jaron Vallel fight, maybe Herb Dean was watching the monitor. Yeah. Was the replay monitor guy? You know, Jaron Vallel can watch the watch the monitor from his couch. We'll get him. We'll, we'll get him. Yeah. We'll get to him in a minute. But he, <laughs> all right. I'd prefer if he just stayed in Canada. Uh, yeah. Uh, next, uh, back to the fights. Next, we had a women's flyweight fight. Teresa Bleda, unanimous decision over Gabriela Fernandez, 30-27 across the board. Was just Bleda just dominated yeah. Fernandez on the ground. Is all it was to it. To it. All right. Next one here's here's the interesting one. We had a flyweight fight. Uh, Carlos Fernandez beat Dennis Bonder, technically unanimous decision, 30-27, uh, 30-27, 29-28. Okay, we need to go. There's two moments in this fight we need to talk about talk about uh the first round i thought was close could have gone either either way i think i actually gave it to bonder bonder if i remember correctly i don't have my actual notes of full notes in front of me but uh back and forth second round i thought hernandez was doing a was doing a great job of landing harder shots so here with about with a few a couple seconds left in the round hernandez gets a takedown and he's and Bonder gets to his feet, and Hernandez is still on his knees, and Bonder just lands an illegal knee, just like yeah. obvious as day. It's hard to say that as blatant, but it, there's no way it, it it's accidental. Like Hernandez's knees are clearly on the ground. Like like Bonder, just the fact that he threw that knee towards the head shouldn't have even happened, let alone he connected to it. So right then and there. This should have been an automatic point taken away. And Sharon mm-hmm. Vallel didn't do it because his claim was he he was trying to graze you with the shin. No, he hit the <laughs> knee head fucking on to the head. Yeah. Like head on. It should have been a point deduction and a possible disqualification. Luckily Hernandez was able to was able to carry on. Carry on. And uh it looked like it pissed Hernandez off because he knew because he felt that Bonder should have had a point taken away because like I said, these clearly on the ground. They're, you know, there seemed to be intent in throwing the knee, knee. Whether he was, I mean, he landed pretty clearly to the head. There's, there's no excuse. Let's let's leave it at that. Yeah. There's no excuse. Okay, third round. Hernandez is just dominating. Bonder slowed down. Slowed down. Hernandez is just could, hitting, hitting Bonder at will during the round. Volume is big time. Near the end of the round. Hernandez slams Bonder to the ground. It's one of those types of slams. Like, one, it was very similar to the famous one we saw Tito Ortiz do on yep. Tanner that gets replayed a lot. It's very similar to that. Similar to that. They hit the mat, and Bonder kind of looks out, looks kind of 
days and Hernandez lands elbow, elbows and Bonders out cold and the fight stopped with one second to go. All you know, you think it's a TKO win for Hernandez. All of a sudden, Jaron Vallel is calling for a replay. And what happened here is when they hit the ground, their heads hit their heads hit together. Yeah. And so Jaron Vallel calls it calls it a clash of heads, stops the fight, says we're going to the scorecards. Scorecards. <laughs> you know, instead of giving Hernandez TKO in, they go to the scorecards. He gets the decision either way, either way, which is the right score. But there this should not have happened. There's Okay, if you wanna if you wanna stop a fight when they clash heads standing, that's one thing because you're tight because usually when the clash of heads happens on the feet, it's because a fighter's leading with their head, and you're not supposed to lead with your head. What happened here is was a natural motion of a takedown. Yeah, like we see this happen all the time. There's a lot of times where there's slams like this and takedowns like this where fighters' heads clash together. And we don't know for sure if Bonder was knocked out because they had a clash of heads. It could have been from getting slammed so hard to the mat because it was a hard slam. It was. It could have been from the four elbows to the head he took right after. And then it could have been he was just dazed and then got knocked out cold from the elbows. You don't know. But the fact of the clash of heads, it's a natural motion from the takedown. Like you cannot call that. It was a completely bullshit call. From, from uh, Jaron Vallel, like calling it a class who is notoriously heads. one of the worst officials yeah. that they have. Yeah, like it. I mean, it's a good thing Hernandez got the win. It robbed him of a finish, yeah. and and in theory, robbed him of a performance bonus. Even though, even I mean, and he didn't get one because there was other, there was other finishes on this show that were that are pretty good. Maybe they took care of him with a discretionary bonus. But Hernandez was pissed. Like, like you know, he's like, yeah. you robbed me of a finish. I got the win. I got the win, but I don't feel satisfied because I finished that guy, but it's a decision. So just, I mean, do you have any thoughts on this? I mean, no, I don't really have anything to add other than I will say this is one of those instances where when I was listening to Cruz, especially, even though everything he was saying was right, he sounded so stupid. Like, I don't know what it was about what he was saying, but like, it was just like, and and they just went on and on and on. And they just kept showing the same thing and saying the same thing over and over again. I just wanted this to be over. Like, I mean, it was, yeah. And I don't know, like I, 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 I was just flabbergasted. Like what I was watching, like I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And, and then like, because of the fact that you had alerted me to something going on, I was fully expecting Bonder to get the decision. So I was glad that at least the right guy won, (laughs) you know, and that he didn't get screwed out of a win on top of everything else. But, and the other thing, oh, the the one thing I will say that I don't think you even said, I I also thought that Valel should have stopped it earlier. Like he let, uh, he let uh, Bonder take a couple extra shots that he didn't need to take. Yeah. But that that was, you know, whatever. By then it was, you know, it was just bad, just bad. Yeah. And I, we never need to see, you know what we did. We went through the same thing with Steve Mazzagotti for years. And then finally that was it. We just never saw him again. And hopefully at some point there, something's going to happen with Valel. Because, yeah. you know, between this and judging, he just shouldn't be doing this anymore. Yeah. Just go do your government ADM job where he makes real good money to do nothing. 
that's a perfect spot for him. Yeah. Somebody sent me a message after that, by the way, about the, after the Keith Peterson thing, you know, asking if Keith Peterson be, should be fired. I was like, no. no way. He's, he's, you know, he's 95% of the, of the time, even higher than that. He does. He does a great job. I mean, it's hard to be perfect. He's no Yamasaki or Kim Winslow or Mazagati. I mean, those people were just objectively bad every single time they were in there. He, I, he put him, I put him like... And Vallel is bad, yeah. I put I put uh, Keith Peterson like maybe like third on um, you know on the guys like I have the most confidence in. Yeah. You know, when I'm there, like I, I think Jason Herzog is I, clear, I, clearly number one. Yeah. yeah and then Herzog. maybe Mark Goddard. Yeah. I, yeah, I have more confidence in Keith Peterson than I do Herb Dean these days. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I really wish, I mean, I know, I know, I know why, and I know it's going to take some time, but I really wish more states would approve Josh Rosenthal to come back. He yeah. got arrested because of weed. Who gives a fuck? This is the weed. Yeah, he's good. He got he's arrested. Good. He got arrested for growing marijuana in a, in a state where it was illegal. Big deal. He did his, yeah, big he did his time. Big, um, big deal. Big yeah. deal. Shouldn't be part from refereeing because of that. No, especially uh, now, I mean, especially now since all these states are taking all these pro weed stances, you know, especially yeah. Vermont and all them. It's you know? legal everywhere. So. It's legal everywhere. Anyway, back to, but yeah, yeah I, I was just wanted to point point out because I think I, I was watching War, I was watching Warrior the other day while I was eating, and I saw Josh Rosenthal, and it reminded me, it's like, damn, he was a good referee. I wish he was, and I know he's done some regional stuff in some states. States that was the was only back. fight. That was the only fight he refed on the show too. Yeah. yeah, I wish he was back on a more permanent basis. Anyway, back to it. Uh, then we had a bandweight fight. I talked about Kyung Ho Kang, second round, our first round finish submission over Christian Quinones. And then closing out the prelims was Alessandro Costa. Alessandro Costa finishing Jimmy Flick in the second round. Second round with elbows, got him down to the ground after destroying Flick's leg and just just unloaded with elbows. And uh, all right, kicking off the main card, we had kind of an upset here. Welterweight division: Nicholas Dalby yeah. unanimous decision over Muslim Salikov, 30-27-30-27-29-28. I thought Salikov won the first round, but Dalby looked fantastic in the last two rounds, especially the third. Third dominated with his wrestling and just outstruck Salikov, which is which to me was a surprise. I thought I thought over Dalby's two UFC stints that this was his best performance. And he blinded uh, him with science. Yeah. <laughs> a very good showing for Dolby. <laughs> okay. Uh, then we had lightweight uh, Manuel Torres knocking out Nicholas Moda with a el- standing elbow in the first in the minute fifty that I talked about. Then we had Pat Sabatini just thrashing Lucas Almeida second round submission with arm triangle choke. And then we had Armin Petrosian unanimous decision over Christian Leroy Duncan 30-27, 29-28. I actually thought Petrosian won all three rounds. Just lots of leg kicks. Just outstruck Duncan. Duncan tried some wild stuff, you know, that didn't connect. And then, and then I was, I had a lot of high hopes for Duncan, but I didn't think he looked very good in this fight. No. Uh, then we had a lightweight fight. Armin Sarukian, third round finish over Joaquin Silva. Sarukian dominated the first. Silva had him in trouble in the second round. Like Silva rocked him with the right hand and uh but Saruki still won the won the round, you know, based on the strength of his grappling. And the third round, Saruki took him down and just dominated and landed a ton of strikes and just kept unloading and unloading until he finished Joaquin Silva. Actually Keith Pierce was the referee. I thought he was actually a little bit late on stopping this fight because yeah, Silva then, was yeah. taking the beating. It's debatable. I thought maybe maybe he might have been a little gun shy from what happened earlier, but but yeah, Saruki and just absolutely 
I, I should have given I should have given Saruki in my third star instead of Petrosian. I'll That's be honest right. there. Yeah. That's all right. And then of course main event that we talked about, Jerry Cannonier, uh unanimous decision over Marvin Vittori. 49-45, Uh one judge gave Vittori the fourth round. He won the first round on all on all three scorecards, and I gave him the first round as well. And then Cannonier got ten eights. On this in the second round, that was the round where he outlanded him like significant strikes. Ninety like to 90, thirty or something. Ninety three to ten, I think, was the actual oh, final wow. ta- tally tally wow. in that round. I, I he could have. He could have. You could have given him a ten eight in the fifth too. Yeah, you give him a ten eight in the fifth. Yeah, fifth. Yeah, I don't know how somebody gave Vittoria the fourth fourth round, but it didn't make a difference. But uh, yeah, fantastic main event, one of the best fights of the year so far. Uh, I loved Sarukian's post fight promo where he thinks he's he deserves a title shot. Um, in in the well, light heavyweight division uh, or the lightweight division, yeah. Well, I think but, he thinks that he thinks that because he fought Makachev on like eight days' notice in his UFC debut, and he took Makachev to the limit. You know, yeah. But he also lost to Matias Gamrot. So um, it's also like he, it's also like Makachev thinks he should be number one pound for pound over John Jones because yeah. he beat because John Jones was removed from the pound for pound rankings. Rankings whenever him and Volkanovsky fought, fought, and Volkanovsky was number one. So he thinks because he beat Volkanovsky, he should be number one. But then John Jones retook number one. He's completely disregarding John Jones's 15 year UFC history where he has never, never lost a fight. And the fact that he came back in his comeback after three years and beat Cyril Gone in a minute. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Whereas Volkanovsky almost beat Makachev. I would, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't really care about the pound for ranking. Yeah. I just, people, I but, just find that stuff yeah. funny. I just, want yeah. To throw, that, throw that in for their listeners. I think sure. Islam Makachev has kind of lost his mind on pound for pound rankings. And like a lot of these fighters don't understand how it works. I also don't think a lot of people who vote on it understands how it works. I feel like I understand how it works, but yeah. I'm in the minority there. Uh, the uh, bonuses went to Alessandro Costa and Manuel Torres, as well as Vittori and Cannoneer for the best fight. Uh, we we had the octagon, so we don't have a gate or an attendance figure. But there did seem to be a lot of people there, and they made a lot of noise in the main event. So that that was kind of good, you know, that we at least got some atmosphere. But man, if that if that would have been in a in a building, if it had the been crowd would have been eleven thousand people. That crowd would have been nuts for that main event. Oh yeah, yeah, and, like did and for some of these finishes too. Yeah, but that I mean that main event. I mean they, it sucks that that they put that you know that Vittori took that kind of punishment for you know a hundred people. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> but what can you do? Um, all right, so that was UFC Fight Night. Uh, great, great car, great show, honestly, overall, and uh, and a, and a really, really good main event. Like that was one of the better fight nights of the year, honestly. Um, and uh, we got uh, we got some stuff coming up this weekend. Uh, first up, PFL is back, so this is the last uh, show of the second round uh, before they get into the playoffs, which will be coming up in August. Um, and we got uh, Olivier Ben Messier. Uh, against Anthony Romero in the main event. This is on Friday night on ESPN. Uh, the uh, prelims kick off at 6 p.m. Eastern, so the main card, I think, is at 9, maybe 10. Um, we got uh, the Swedish Denzel. Sedebu Soy is also on the card, as well as Shane Burgos. 
uh, is is back. And uh, Megamed, Megamed Kirov, and David Zawada also on the card. We got Chris Collard and Stevie Ray on the prelims. Uh, actually, yeah. So not not much here. This is the uh, lightweights and the welterweights. Uh, anything else you want to add on that or no? No. Now they're in Atlanta, so we'll get the fighter pay. Um, I didn't. Uh, we didn't talk about the fighter pay, but that doesn't matter. It's um, it's the same. It's the same as last week. It seems like it it tops out at fifty and fifty for the big names who are in the tournament. Okay. And then there was prelim fighters that got paid. There's one Two. prelim fighter that got three thousand. Three thousand, yeah. Uh, I think in Bellator, some of them get like two. Yeah, Amber Liebrock, who's one of the bigger, who fought Larissa Pacheco, who's one of the bigger names in the in the women's featherweight playoffs. She only made eleven thousand. Wow. Carolina Sobek, eight thousand. Danilo Marquez, former UFC fighter, eleven thousand. <laughs> All right. Julia uh, Budd, Aspen Ladd, Dennis Golstov. Julia Budd would be making Larissa like seventy five in UFC. Yeah, Larissa right Pacheco and Ante Delizia, they all got fifty and fifty, so hundred K. They won okay. one. Yeah, so I mean that's yeah, they're close to the same level. Like, but but yeah, Julia would definitely be making yeah. more in UFC. Um, all right, and then we have some uh, uh, other. Uh, I got them here. The uh, the regional stuff. Uh, so we got an FFC show uh, from Peru, I think, or yeah, Lima. Uh, on uh, Thursday afternoon, uh, that is on UFC Fight Pass, and uh, we get Aries FC from uh, Paris on uh, on Friday afternoon with um, Efran Escudero in the main event. Oh my God, that's one of the first guys I remember from the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. Um, from when I started watching, that's yeah. uh, you, you skipped you skipped a Friday morning show that's kind of got a big yeah. main event one. One Friday fights. Oh yeah, what they call it twenty-two. Oh, Arjun Buller. Arjun Buller in the main event. Okay, I didn't know because it says YouTube, so I thought it was like one of yeah. their um one of their goofy shows. Oh yeah, but no, uh, yeah, but, no that's a big yeah. one. Yeah, Arjun Buller and Anatoly Malikin, uh, and then a bunch of Muay Thai fights, uh, on the card. But yeah, Arjun Buller, former UFC fighter, fighting for the heavyweight title. So, uh, they finally stripped uh, um, who's that guy that used to be in the UFC? The guy with the big mouth. Um, it's a lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, sorry, I missed that. Uh, Unified MMA from Canada, Niagara Falls. That is uh, on also on Friday night on UFC Fight Pass, as well as an LFA show from Commerce, California. Uh, and then we got Ryzen on uh, late Friday night, early Saturday morning, technically uh, from Sapporo. Uh, and that one, what is the main event there? Col- Kleber Colby Erst against Chihiro Suzuki. Uh, so that's kind of kind of an interesting fight for their featherweight title. Uh, just see if there's any other interesting names on here. Zach Zane. Uh, oh God, yeah, there's not much else. Um, no, not, nothing else on this card. Um, that's on fight. Uh, so I know a lot of fans of, of Ryzen out there. And. Uh, that's pretty much it, eh, for this week. Yeah, let me see on page two here. See if there's anything Saturday night. Fury FC on Sunday. Sorry. Uh that's uh from Texas, Houston. Uh yeah. And that that's the that's the only other one on Fight Pass. Bunch of YouTube stuff as well. But yeah, let's see if there's good. anybody on the Fury, because they use a lot of former UFC fighters. Mana Martinez, his first post UFC fight. 
back on there. Uh, yeah. Josh Walker and Alberto Trujillo in the main event. Yeah, that's about all Prospect. I see. As, yeah, that's about all I see as far as people who know. No, yeah. but but this is a show to watch if you want to try to see anybody who might be on Contender Series, which is coming soon. Yep. Yeah, a lot of lot of fighters on here with you know like four and one and seven and yeah. two and stuff I can like see, that. So. I can see the winner of the main event getting on Contender Series here. Uh, Justice Torres, seven and zero. He'll probably yeah. be on the Contender Series if he wins. And then there's a fight in the uh, Michael Oswell and Yadier Del Valle. Both are undefeated, so that's another one where you know the winner will probably get a Contender Series fight. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Fury FC, those, those those ones are always fun. A lot of finishes, and uh, that's Sunday afternoon. So there's you know not much else on, no football. So yeah, you guys can do worse than watching that. Uh, but the big show of the week uh, will be UFC on ABC Five. Uh, this kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't I didn't realize there was another ABC show coming up this this soon. But this is from Jacksonville. Yep. Um, big main event. Uh, Josh Emmett and Ilya Tapuria. They were promoting this. Uh, all night on sun Saturday, and uh, um, yeah, uh, to Emmett, former former title challenger, right? Yeah, I fought Yari Rodriguez for the inner yeah. title in his last yeah. fight in February. And Ilya Tapuria is undefeated, um, you know, coming off the big win over Bryce Mitchell, and uh, you know, he's uh, trying to get into title contention, so uh, yeah, real important, uh, yeah. uh, featherweight fight, and I don't. I, I my brain says Tapuria, but I always have a hard time betting against Emmett. So uh, yeah. it's a really intriguing one. Tapuria is a big betting favorite too. I think uh, I think I saw Emmett at plus two forty. I think yeah, yeah, plus two fifty right now. Plus two fifty, yeah, yeah. So I mean, those betters. I mean, Josh Emmett's Josh Emmett is dangerous, but so is Ilya Tapuria. Like this is a fight that that I am glad is in front of fans. Yeah, because I have high expectations for this fight. I see it just being an absolute war of two guys just hitting the shit out of each other. And I think somebody's going to get finished here. And I think the is going to win it, but I would not count him out. I mean, both these, both these guys hit so fucking hard that it's, it's like a knockout can happen at any time. We've just never seen superior in trouble. So it's hard to, it's hard to say. Whereas Emmett did get finished by Yair Rodriguez He's been knocked out by he's been knocked out by Jeremy Stevens, so he's he can be finished. I mean, but uh, but yeah, this is such a fantastic main event, main event, and I don't know, man. You know, it's it's a big fight. I you know I could see Tapiria possibly. I don't know if we get a title shot off, off of winning this, but he'll be right there, right there. Yeah, both guys are in the top five, right? Uh, Tapiria, I think, is not quite the top five. I think he's like eight. Maybe. Oh, okay. I have to look at the update, updated, but uh, I think Emmett's still in the top five after after that. But yeah, such a fantastic main event. Don't sleep on this fight at all. Watch it. It'll be great. Yeah, not, I mean, for an ABC card, there's not much else on here. I mean, the co-main event is, you know, a couple, you know, big names at Flyweight, uh, Amanda Rebus and Macy Barber. Uh, but other than that, you know, it's like kind of unknowns in the other two fights, uh, more yeah. or less. Emmett's five and Tapiria's nine. Oh, okay. That's yeah. They are uh, on the topology world worldwide rankings. They're four and five. So that's that's interesting that they're yeah. so much lower in the UFC rankings. Um, the um, the the one interesting thing I'm surprised that they're putting Austin Lane on a main card. 
um, you know, in his first UFC fight, but he's coming in with six straight finishes, uh, including a win over a former uh, UFC fighter in, in yeah. Juan Adams. Well, um, it did replace a really weak uh, main card fight that got changed. So, okay. Uh, Austin Lane, you got to remember the show's in Jacksonville. Yeah. He played in the NFL for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So he's going to be, he's going to be a b- very big star to that fan base. So Look at his, uh, his topology picture. He looks like Mark Briscoe. Yeah, um, so. uh, but the, uh, yeah. And then Justin, Mark Toffa, Hurtis, he, look, he looks more like Jay with the long well, hair. Yeah. With the long hair. I'm just looking at his like expression that he's got yeah, on his face yeah. and the, and the big beard. Um, and yeah, Justin Taffa, you know, uh, brother of, uh, junior Taffa, um, or is he like, no, he's the more famous Taffa, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. the one that's been around longer. Yeah. And he's also got two straight first round KOs. So this one probably ain't going to last long. And then you've got David Onama, who I think this is the first time he's fought since that legendary fight he had with Nate Landwehr. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we just saw Nate Landwehr fight again. Uh, he's fighting against Gabriel Santos, who is, you know, he's coming off a split decision loss in his UFC debut. So that, that one could be kind of barn busters. And, uh, yeah, and then Brendan Allen that you talked about earlier against Bruno Silva, which that's a real dangerous fight for Brendan Allen yeah. <laughs> to be taken because Bruno Silva is – he just knocked out Brad Tavares. Like, yeah. You know, I, I I wouldn't take that fight if I was him. Um, but yeah, it's uh, still five card main fight on ABC. Usually these are four, so um, although sometimes they do six. But um, and is this also going to be on ESPN Plus? Uh, yeah, everything's on ESPN Plus. Yeah. And maybe even sometimes they even do ESPN for these. The prelims right? are on ESPN. Yeah, but sometimes they'll simulcast um, the the even they the just main do card. Pay, they just do pay per view prelims as a simulcast. Oh, okay, okay. So this will just be ABC then for the main yeah. card. All right, and uh, and yeah, so uh, three fights to watch. Three fights to watch. Uh, first one actually is the one we talk is the one you just referenced. Brendan Allen against Bruno Silva. Okay. I mean, uh, Brendan Allen, he's a star on the rise at middleweight. Uh, I have the rankings right in front of me that are coming out tomorrow. He's currently he's thirteenth, but he's beaten some guys. He's beaten people ahead of him. He beat Jack Hermanson his last fight, I believe. That's right. Yeah. No, he beat Andre Minos. He was he's supposed to fight Jack Hermanson. That's what but he's got four straight wins, won six of his last seven, beat Andre Muniz last time last fight. Uh Great wrestler, great submission fighter, good on his feet. His only losses are to Sean in the UFC are to Sean Strickland and Chris Curtis. And actually, if you actually look at his career, he's twenty-one and five. But all five of his losses that come to people who are in the UFC right now, even on the regional, he lost to Trevin Giles, Eric Anders, and Anthony Hernandez pre-UFC. And then, hmm. uh, but yeah, he's beat Kevin Holland, beat Kyle Dawkins, beat. Punahele Soriano, and then beat Christoph Jaco and Andre Muniz. His last two fights, fantastic. Bruno Silva is – he's a knockout guy. He will come to take your head off. He's got 23 wins, 20 by knockout. All of his UFC wins are by knockout. Knockout. Got back in the win column in his last fight over Brad Tavares. Had lost two in a row to Alex Pereira and, and Gerald Mearshart. But, uh, yeah, he's a dangerous fighter and not one to take lightly. And this is a, this is a tough matchup for Brendan Allen. But, uh, yeah, that should be 
kind of a barn burner right there. Uh, my second one, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Randy Brown against Wellington Terman. Uh, Browns looked really good lately. Uh, he's uh, coming off a loss to uh, lost to Jack Della Maddalena, but prior to that, he had won four straight in six out of seven and was starting to starting to improve. Uh, Terman is dropping from uh, middleweight down to welterweight. Probably a better better division for him. He always he always looked small compared to the rest of the middleweights. He had some success, beat Marcus Press, Sam Alvey, Mishikinov, you know, but lost, you know, three and four so far in the UFC. But, uh, yeah, he's got a chance to have a good solid debut against Randy Brown. And uh, my third one is actually a flyweight fight. Uh, Zagas Zumagulov against Joshua Van. Uh, Zumagulov with his – with <laughs> he's been, he was going on Twitter. He, ever since he cut his hair like the Beatles and the Monkees – He's two and zero outside of the octagon. He's had two opponents pull out the week of the fight in the last two months. So he was supposed to fight on this card this past weekend. He lost his fight the day before the day before weigh-ins. They got him a quick uh, replacement, Joshua Van, uh, who was supposed to be on the contender series. And when he got announced for the contender series, I kind of agree with a lot of the talk. There's a lot of talk with like he shouldn't be on the contender series. He should have been signed straight to the UFC. It's one of the, he's arguably the top flyweight prospect uh, out there. Very violent fighter. Seven uh, and one, all finishes at flyweight. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> very, very good fighter. And, uh, and, you know, Zuma Gulov, uh, he's had some rough goes of late with the scorecards. This is not going to be an easy fight for him. And uh, it's, it's a matchup I'm looking forward to. So I uh, one thing I'll add, I won't do three fights to watch, but I will say three fighters to watch are the three fighters on this show that are undefeated. Trevor Peak uh, is uh, facing the debuting Chepe Mariscal. Trevor Peak is 8-0. Um, and we've also got another flyweight fight, Tetsuro Tyra against Clayton Rodriguez. And this is like this is like that fight I was talking about earlier with Christian Leroy Duncan and... Uh, Armin Petrosian, like the you know two fighters very early in the prelims, thirteen and zero, eight and two, um, but yeah, Tetsuro Tyra is uh, is undefeated at thirteen and zero, and he's looked real good so far in his UFC career. And then of course in the main event, Ilya Tapuria is also undefeated at thirteen and zero. How many of those guys do you think uh, still are undefeated at the end of this card? All three. Okay, there you go. All right, uh, and uh, I will say just to be different, I'll say two of them. And uh, but I won't say which two, uh, <laughs> uh, but I, I would say I think there's a decent chance that uh, Emmett wins the main event, so yeah. Um, but uh, that, yes, that's the one that's the one I'm torn on, is yeah, the but I but I like Tyra and I like uh, I like um, Trevor Peak, yeah. although I will say I'm looking at the odds. Uh, oh no, okay, yeah, so the odds are actually not too bad. Sometimes when guys come in in their UFC debut and they're like long underdog odds, I like betting on them because. Usually that it just means that people don't know anything about them and they probably shouldn't be as long of odds as they are. So, but anyways, uh, take us through the rest of this card, which has 14 fights right now. Yeah. It, uh, according to the lineup I have, it kicks off with a, uh, kicks off at 1130 AM, uh, Ooh. Eastern time, 1030, 1030 central time on a ESPN with, with nine prelim fights. And it kicks off with the middleweight fight, Cody Brundage against Cedric Dumas. Uh, Brundage is taking this fight 
like I think he took this fight a couple days ago. He's replacing Puna Haley Soriano and Dumas. Uh, if you remember after Dumas's UFC debut, I talked a lot about him on this show about how he does not belong in the UFC. He uh, had a terrible first fight where he looked like he didn't belong in a promotion. And then he's has a lot of baggage outside the octagon with him, a lot of arrest for a bunch of different things, things, you know, you know, I always said, even though Connor probably does worse, uh, Dumas's rap sheet makes Connor's look, look clean. Uh, yeah. but, uh, yeah, but, uh, but anyway, yeah, that fight's opening. And then we have flyaways Tetsu retire against Clayton Rodriguez. Then we have a uh, featherweight, interesting featherweight fight. It was this one almost made my three fights so much. Jamal Emmers against Jack Jenkins. Jenkins is a uh, Australian fighter who debuted on that Australia show, that awesome Australia show back in February, and had a big finish and had the crowd behind him. Trains with Jack Dell and Madalena. It's got a lot of potential. Emmers is a very good good opponent for him. That should be an action packed fight right there. Then we have lightweights. Uh, Trevor Peak gets uh, Jose Mariscal. Then we have flyweight Zagas Zubagulov against Joshua Van. Then we have a uh, women's strawweight fight, fight Tabitha Ricci against Jillian Robertson. It's an interesting fight, fight right there. Then we have lightweight Matsuz Rebecca against uh, Loic Radzibov. And then welterweight fight Randy Brown against Wellington Turnman. And then closing out the prelims is a pretty big welterweight fight. Neil Magny against Phil Rowe. It's a very interesting fight. And then the main card on ABC kicking off at 3 Eastern time kicks off middleweight fight Brendan Allen against Bruno Silva. Then featherweights David Onama against Gabriel Santos. Heavyweights Austin Lane against Justin Taffa. Then we have the co-main event, uh, interesting women's flyweight fight, Amanda Hebus against Macy Barber. And then the main event, Josh Emmett against Ilya Tupuria in a fantastic featherweight matchup. I think that was uh, when we did at the beginning of June fights that we're most looking forward to. I think that might've been one of the ones I said. Yeah. Um, all right. So that is, yeah, you said Saturday afternoon. So uh, I, I, I might actually be able to watch collision live this, this yeah, week. Well, yeah. This will be over before this. Oh, there you be go. over around about five o'clock our time. Yeah. And I think uh, TSN is airing it live because it's yeah. the go home show for uh, forbidden door. So, um, all right. So that is that. And we are, uh, we got, we got, uh, we still got a bunch of stuff to go through here and uh, we're running low on time, but we'll get through it. Um, so question of the week, I got a, I got a fun one. Um, and uh, cause you said I can pick the question of the week this week, right? You're right. And I don't think we've done this before, but you'll correct me if we have top five, MMA walkout uh, songs or entrances of all time. Yeah, we've talked we've talked about some good ones, but uh, I don't think we've ever done our five favorites. So uh, yeah, so I've got five here. So if you want me to go first, or unless you have, unless you want to go first, but I, I, I got, did write down my five. I got five. I got okay. five. Uh, uh, number one forever on my list, whether it's Pride UFC, will always be Vanderlei Silva and Sandstorm. Okay. Yeah. That will forever be number one on my list. Number one on my list. Now my list is in no no particular order, but that one is definitely number one. Uh, number two or another one, Brock Lesnar coming out to Inner Sandman. Yeah, Inner Sandman great. is just a badass song, and it fits Brock Lesnar. And it's like, it's like, oh my god, the biggest motherfucker in the world is coming to kick my ass, and he's coming out to Metallica. <laughs> yeah, uh, another one on my list. Class, absolutely classic. You're my favorite California love. Like, oh yeah, 
Like that's yeah. that's uh that's no that's that's a good one. Um also, I mean this is tough. There's a lot. Uh I'll go Chris Weidman and uh Tom Petty won't back down. I love that oh, song. Yeah. I love Forgot Tom about Petty that and one. I, and I love Weidman coming out to that, out to that song. And it always reminds me of UFC 162 when he upset Anderson Silva. It just fits. And another one for me, and uh, he only came out to this song a couple of times, a couple of times, but I thought it fitted perfectly. And it was uh, Minotaro, uh, Antonio Rodrigo, the big nog, big nog, big nog, big nog, when he was coming out to give me shelter by the Rolling Stones. And I'll put nice. it to you this way. Put it to you this way, Rolling Stones are my fa- all-time favorite band, and "Give Me Shelter" is my favorite song by oh. them by far. I, I'll say by far, I won't say that. it's my it's my favorite song by them. So I'm a little biased towards it. I like anybody who comes out to the song, but I always thought that fit No Gara perfect. And yeah, so, you never so, guess what my favorite Stones song is. Give me a hint. Uh, okay. You want a hint? It was played on an SNL skit with Mick Jagger singing it. Yeah, I'm lost. Um, it's I, I now I sometimes get the name of the song right, but it's um, as she comes in colors. What um, uh, she's like a rainbow. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's. I that would absolute, never guess that one. No, I love that song. Just love it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and, and most people don't, but that, yeah, that is my favorite. And I like some of their disco stuff too, but uh, give me shelter is a great one. Sympathy for the devil. Um, okay. I had five and believe it or not, like my five, you didn't mention any of them. And I thought for sure you'd say at least one of the ones I have. So, um, and definitely not some of them. Uh, my first one, I love Rhonda. Like I, I, you know, her, uh, bad, bad reputation. I just think it's a great entrance and just sets the tone. And she, you know, just the way she comes out of the ring and she's still using it in WWE. Um, I, I really like that. Number two, Michael Bisping with uh song two. Oh, yeah, I, it's, it's great, great entrance song and it's perfect for him. Um, and I kind of like on the same vein and I'll just do an honorable mention, um, with, uh, Darren Till, with um uh the uh, sweet caroline sweet caroline yeah. yeah number three and this is just a personal favorite because i love the song it's so kind of similar to you with gimme shelter i guess and it's perfect for the guy obviously is uh wonder boy with yeah. uh with wonder boy by i like um, that yeah yeah with by I love um, tenacious d yeah yeah tenacious d uh this is the one i thought you'd have uh merkel crocop with uh you know wild boys like just, yeah yeah just, when i think of pride though vanderlei yeah. silva vanderlei silva was my favorite fighter in pride i can't Sands, i can't argue that i didn't and, see a lot of the pride stuff so and going to and i was at his first three ufc fights the the chuck fight the keith jardine and then and then the third rampage fight so i got to i got to feel that song in person and then i was at the at, at the pride in vegas show whenever he went, came out to it and it's just like that song that song, I remember. I remember with. I love that. That song reminded me of Vanderlei Silva so much that that there'd be times where I'd be at a bar, and that oh, song wow. would start playing, and I'd immediately look at the front door to see if Vanderlei Silva was walking <laughs> in, just because that song. I just that song right. There. That's honestly with me. That song too. Like whenever I hear song yeah. two, I'm just I immediately think of Bisping. Yeah. So, um, my fifth one, I'm surprised you didn't pick two. What is um, Run This Town? 
uh, for yeah. Jose Aldo. I mean, there's a, you know, there's a I lot mean, there's so many good ones. Um, you know, and and uh, I, as we were doing it, I mean, sim- simple, simple man. You know, for Matt Hughes, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, I actually originally had uh, fat for Roy Nelson yeah. on here, and then I scratched that off for for the Jose Aldo. Yeah, the best. Yeah, the best thing is when fighters have the same walkout song, and you can. Yeah, you put it to them like, like Cerrone with Cowboy, you know. Oh, that's yeah. I can't believe neither one of us mentioned that. Yeah, that was yeah. so perfect. I, mean, I was gonna bring up a couple others if we didn't mention them, like like that yeah. one. And I love Max Holloway with Hawaiian Kickboxer because that song I, just. I, love I that used song. to love Benson Henderson with Awesome God. Yeah. Like I just you know because it was you know like, I don't know I like the song, and uh, you know and it's signature for him and yeah. uh, you know I mean Anderson Silva's was also classic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many good ones. So yeah, just, just kind of a fun, yeah. fun thing. Uh, I think what we had done one, what you're thinking of is when we, if we could pick our own. Yeah. Entrance could, song, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was the, the yeah. one that we did was similar. I mean, and I tend, I tend to gravitate towards songs that are my favorite songs, like personally, personally too, on this kind of, on these kind of things. So like, so like when somebody's coming out to a Rolling Stone song, uh, um, like Bader with paint, Bader would come out to paint it black a lot and I always love that. And I always, I always thought that that was just a great fighter walkout song. So. That's what. That's probably one of the reasons with yeah. Ronda and, and uh, Bad Reputation yeah. because I and, love that song. And and to be honest, I wanted to, you know, going into wrestling a little bit, I wanted them to keep sympathy for for the devil for MJF for there for a while because I thought this. Oh yeah, because I right. love that yeah. song. Just, yeah, and and it was perfect. You know, for the for the character. I mean, he's still yeah. doing it right with the. They'll probably bring it back at some point. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, I guess we have to talk about, and you know, luckily we're running short on time, so we don't have to spend too much time talking about yeah. this. But we do have to talk about Conor McGregor. Yeah, everybody, everybody wants everybody's thoughts on the yeah. On the I read, on I read, allegations. The, I read the thing in the Observer about this uh, today and got more details than I cared to hear. Um, so, but you can explain it to everybody. Yeah, yeah, he's being accused of rape again. Uh, uh just <laughs> I, I say again <laughs> just the way you said it here's the thing about him he he's either a serial rapist or he's an idiot who gets himself in these situations too too much because and this always and this happened of course this comes out the day after him him and D announced they're having another child, their fourth one. And this, these incidents always seem to happen when D is pregnant. So, yeah, so well, it's just, it's, 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 yeah. So like I said, he's either a serial rapist or he just, or, you know, he, you know, he gets drunk and parties and, and puts himself in compromising situations because it's hard to know because he's, he's not been convicted of it, convicted of any of the, any of these yet. And we have to wait we do have to wait on DNA samples and mm-hmm. there's a lot to this story. I've seen, I've seen the, you know, we had the woman's statement, original statement where she said, where she said she was, where it came out where she was basically implying that she was forced in the situation by, by uh, NBA and heat security. We see the video of them going into the bathroom together. So that part where she was forced into the situation by security does not appear to be accurate. They went into the bathroom together 
holding hands, which to me, there's some consensualness to going to at least agreeing to go somewhere private together. You know, nobody was, it doesn't seem like anything was like she was forced into the situation like she made it out to be. Yes, there was. Now, what happened in there? We don't know. She could have been forced, forced to do anything. She could have been forced to do things in there, in there. We don't know. And that's, that's what we need. That's what we need to find out, find out through this whole investigation. And then, and then lately, then yesterday, there, yesterday, I believe it was, there's a video that was released after the alleged incident happened of the two of them sitting in the club talking together and afterwards, right? Afterwards, yeah. after, after the alleged incident had happened, had happened. So it's not like this is a situation where, where like they immediately went their separate ways and then all the shit happened. Like they were together afterward, afterwards. And then, I mean, you know, caught, you know, you know, and she was trying kind of changing her statement her statement, you know, that, you know, she claimed that Connor said she, he was going to take her back to the four seasons and never did and blah, blah, blah. And that she had, she had, she said she had more drinks than she originally said she did. And, and that she didn't remember a lot of the actual details in her second statement. You know, this is according to McGregor's, McGregor's attorneys. We don't know the whole story. It remains to be seen what happened, uh, you know. We see this. We've seen this. We see. We've seen this recently. You know, we see this a lot with famous people. You don't know what's true and what's what's not. Yeah. You saw with the the kicker from the Buffalo Bills who got who got cut from from the Bills before he ever played with them. Basic, essentially, was kicked out of the NFL because he was accused of rape, rape, and all this. And it turn and it comes out that comes out months later that that what he was accused of happened at a party that he wasn't even at and he he was fully exonerated but his career was already ruined so you kind of you want to give the victim the the benefit of the doubt always in these situations mm-hmm. and I and I do and I do there's evidence that points to it possibly possibly happen there's evidence that you know where you could be like I don't know Connor finds himself in these situations a lot a lot though you know like I said you don't know if he's a serial rapist or he's just a guy who Makes dumb decisions, tries to, tries to do. I mean, maybe I. I feel like him and D. I feel like D knows what he does, and and you know, I guess she's, whatever. Yeah, whatever. I w- I would say like with Connor, like he just needs to be smarter. Yeah, you know, like you just you know, like hire a prostitute. You know, like I mean, just you know, don't get put, don't put yourself in these situations where yeah. you know you're 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 vulnerable to these accusations, or you're you're uh, intoxicated to the point where yeah. you're going to do something stupid. Yeah, and then you know you're going to get you know. Accused I think this. Of, I, yeah. I honestly, and every time every time we hear these story, these stories with him, the common theme is he was drunk. He was yeah. drunk. He was drunk. He was drunk. Like the he, one thing on, I will say about her else. story yeah. to me that as I was reading it, that seemed a little off was when she said like he had, he had pressured her and he had her pinned down and she yeah. got away. Now yeah. I've seen Connor. Connor is gigantic right now. And yeah. he's a trained UFC fighter and her just getting away Seems she said little... she claimed she elbowed him to get away. Yeah. But yeah. if she elbowed if she elbowed him to get away, then I don't understand why they would be 
right. talking afterwards, and there would be no actual, not to like, mention like no Connor actual, probably would have hit her back. Like, yeah, and then I mean, no, no actual like yeah. like if you look at Connor's yeah. face in that video from them afterwards, yeah, there's no signs of any physical thing no. happening to him at least. So we'll see. We'll see what we'll happens. See. I mean, I think we can all agree though that something happened that shouldn't have happened, and Connor needs to stop putting himself in these situations. Yeah. Period. Um, all right. You would think he'd learned his lesson. No. But, you know, sometimes. This is at least the third high profile situation that was almost exactly like this. Yeah. And this happened in, and of. this happened in the US. So, yeah. So. Yeah. So, you know, like he's gonna be at he's gonna be paying some money here at the very least if he's not convicted of something. Um, all right. We got some news. Uh we gotta get through quickly here. Uh Scott Coker and Bellator uh for sale. Yeah, he 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 actually publicly commented on the Bellator sale. Bellator yeah, sale. he mentioned you know, PFL, right? Yeah, he basically confirmed that yeah, we're for Bellator's for sale, and you know he thinks it'll be wrapped up within the next sixty to ninety days. And uh, mentioned PFL was back in was back in the mix, and yes, I heard they were back in the mix. They were originally in the mix, and then they weren't, and then they were back in. I still think it's going to be sold to some investment firm kind of thing. The PFL one is weird because the PFL and what I say weird is uh, these fighters in Bellator, they're making a ton of money. Like a <laughs> lot of top guys are making a ton of money and the PFL pay structure is drastically different than Bellator than Bellator. I don't know how. And honestly, like is PFL making any money? We always hear about people investing. Like, I don't think they're making any money because every year we hear about a new round of investments coming in. Like, mm -hmm. why are people still having to invest money into this? That must mean they're not making any money. The so, fighters are making money and Ray Seffo is making money. Yeah, but they're, they're, not, they're not making what the – like, we see these payouts. Like, some of these are like – yeah, some of them maybe are better off, but it doesn't seem like some of them. Well, all that investment money is going somewhere, and yeah, we don't know. And and then you have all these people from like who invested like ten years ago, saying they're still waiting on being paid back. <laughs> yeah, good luck with the, that. You know, they're they're being told that the company's making money, but they haven't seen any returns on Isn't their investments. A in there for like thirty million or something. I don't know. You know, Wiz Khalifa, all these yeah. guys, uh, all these ran all these random celebrities that show up that you're like, what is what, why is that person with PFL? Well, because PFL conned them out of money, money yeah. somehow. But uh yeah, it's it's a weird I I really think that if PFL bought Bellator, then then I really don't know what I really don't know what could happen to those fighters. And then PFL would have to completely change yeah. how they do how they do their shows and how they, you know, yeah. Do I mean, I'm not, you know, AJ McKee's not gonna go into a season long season long playoff format where he's making fifty and fifty after just winning a million dollar payout, you know. Unless they just keep the brand going and, and run it on ESPN. I think ESPN would be happy for the content. No, you know, no, nope. Uh, oh, no, no, the uh they're getting rid of PFL at the end of oh, the year. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. From yeah. what I know, because PFL, because yeah. PFL's been talking about the zone next year, and they've get they've given the impression well, there's another there's another ESPN. money laundering. Yeah. Those two are perfect for each other. Yeah, I mean, because I think that was the whole reason, you know, why why Francis isn't fighting this year, this oh, year right. because yeah. he's supposed right. to be exclusive to the zone. 
Yeah, you're right. Zone for next year. So that yeah. made me think like, yeah, and we haven't heard anything. I don't know that they're going to be back on ESPN. DAZN gave yeah. Bellator a million dollars a couple. And years then, ago. and then the fact of the fact that uh, UFC they've been friendly with PFL, you know, in the past, and I think they've been okay with they're okay with them beyond ESPN because they're not really a threat and they're friendly and all that. But I think if they bought Bellator and tried to bring more of that on the on the ESPN, UFC would balk at that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll hear something soon. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Jones and Francis. Anything other? We, we, than we, what talk, we talked. We talked about. about uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Aaron Blanchfield. Uh, she she flat out has come out said that she wants to fight Juliana Pena for the vacant bantamweight title. Yeah. So. I mean, he could do worse. Yeah, I brought I mean, that you up. Gave, you gave up the reasons why you don't think Juliana Pena should be fighting for the title, but, but I also said that, and I said Aaron Blanchfield probably will. And I brought Aaron Blanchfield up as last week as yep. my fighter to look out for potentially there. Well, I to, to me that's uh, that's a good fight. Yeah, to make. Um, and what's going on with Aljamain? Uh, he officially confirmed that win or lose, UFC two ninety two will be his last fight at bantamweight. So he's losing. <laughs> that always happens when guys tell you they're going to change weight classes, yeah. right? Yeah. So I, I mean, we've we've heard it for a long time yeah. that his all my whole, money's going on, on his, Sugar Sean. His whole goal Sugar was Shane. we heard it from for a long time that, that his plan was beat Cejudo, beat O'Malley, move up to one forty five, and he just basically all I did was saying, "Yep, that's what's happening." All right. Well, we'll, we'll uh, O'Malley's going to be the new bantamweight champion then. Um. And they, uh, yeah, they they officially announced well ticket sales because I got a I got an email blast about uh, about that um, about that card. That is uh, obviously yeah, tickets went on sale this past Friday for the show on August nineteenth at uh, yeah. TD TD Garden in Boston. Yeah. Um, all right, and uh, to, and you got some fight announcements. Yeah, we have uh, we have actually three cards with main events. Uh, you know. UFC Fight Night on July 1st, Kurum Kutaladze gets Elvis Brenner, Yana Santos gets Carol Rosa. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, UFC Fight Night on uh, August 5th, main event, Corey Sanhagen against Umar Nurmagomedov. Wow. That is a hell of a fight right there. And you have to give props to Sanhagen for taking that fight against Cousin Umar. The guy big nobody... step up for Cousin Umar, though, too. Yeah, it's a big step up for Umar. It's a dangerous fight for Corey Sanhagen to take, but what a fantastic fight right there. I and, mean, uh, Umar is right there if, uh, you know, if somehow that bantamweight title ends up getting vacant, like, you know, yeah. two weeks after. Yeah. Uh, UFC 292, Boston, August 19th. Okay, this one is on the list because it was just announced about an hour before we started recording. But Henry Cejudo against Cheeto Vera is happening on that show. You said that he should. Well, he wanted to be on this show, so yeah, yeah. So, so a lot of people are thinking Henry's going to end up in the main event when one of those two pull out, so whether it's Sterling or Sean O'Malley. But uh, yeah, could be. But yeah, but he's on the card against Marlon Cheeto Vera. It's a great fight right there. Also, here's a big one: Ian Gary against Jeff Neal. Wow, that's a. That's a fantastic fight. And then also Andrea Lee against Natalia Silva. Okay, uh, this week they also announced, they also officially announced the Singapore show on August 26th. It's the main event. Max Holloway against the Korean Zombie. Wow. What a... 
I mean, that's the perfect I'm main event. I'm going to be getting today. up at like 5 a.m. to watch this, aren't I? Yep. Yeah. All right. <laughs> happy to do it. Fantastic main event. Yep. Fantastic main event. And uh, then the next week, uh, UFC Fight Night in Paris, September 2nd, main event. Uh, I think I mentioned this on the show as what I was expecting. But, uh, of course, Cyril gone in the main event against Sergey Spivak. Makes perfect sense. So I, that's going to be a busy weekend. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that is a busy <laughs> weekend for, for people who do both pro wrestling and MMA. Yeah. So, uh, and then UFC Fight Night on September 23rd, uh, the flyweight Bruno Silva against Cody Durden. And then a heavyweight fight, Jake Collier against Walter Walker, who is the uh, Johnny Walker's brother. Oh, wow. So, and uh, our, and, our boy Jake. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. good good uh, good fights there all the way through. Yeah. Uh, we're we're into the fall now. Yeah, for our fights, and we're we we aren't even officially in summer yet. Although, well, I guess as you're listening, it's first day of summer. It fucking um, feels like summer in Texas. It was well, yeah. Heat index was 115 down here today. When we started recording, uh, was it was it dark out already where you are? There was still some light out. Oh, okay, so it's bright sun here uh, when we start, but I, I think because you're further south, you get dark a little bit earlier than than we. Yeah, it here. gets it gets pitch dark about nine fifteen, nine thirty. Oh yeah, no nine like ten o'clock right now. It's still light out. Like right now, as we're recording, it's eleven and it is dark. But yeah. at ten, it's still it's still light. So it's it's really weird, even though we're like directly on the same um, longitude. Um, we're uh, obviously uh, I'm way further north than you, so but yeah, so that uh, we've got all that to look forward to over the next few months, and uh, we're uh, yeah, we're booking into the fall now, so um, yeah, so just a good show, uh, Ryan. I uh, I just uh, I I read the observer, I haven't got through it all. I think your article is the next thing, so I'll probably read that tomorrow morning, uh, when I'm uh when I'm just getting ready for my getting ready for work. So uh, tell the people about that and everything everywhere else they can find you. Yeah. I got coverage of, uh, <laughs> that was UFC 289. That yeah. Was, that's yeah. in the observer this week. This past, that just came out this past week. And then of course this week also in the observer every Saturday on the front page doing live play by play of UFC events for the rest of my life. And then <laughs> on Twitter at Ryan J Frederick. And I'm at Twitter at Paul Ace Fontaine. And given that this week is going to be an afternoon show, I'll probably be live tweeting. Um, I'll just have to try to avoid the baseball scores. And uh, and I'm also uh, got the uh, Dynamite show with Jeff Hawkins, which airs on uh, tomorrow as you're listening, uh, right after AW Dynamite on uh, the Fight Game Media Patreon, which you can subscribe to at patreon.com backslash Fight Game Media. It's just five bucks a month. Uh, you get all the, all most of the shows on this free feed have bonus shows that air on the Patreon, as well as we have Patreon exclusive shows uh, for wrestling, and mostly wrestling, but uh, occasionally some pop culture stuff and uh, and even uh, some boxing occasionally. So check that out at patreon.com. Actually, I, I always say backslash, but it's front slash Fight Game Media. But I always just type in Fight Game Media Patreon into your Google search engine, and, and it'll come right up there. Five bucks a month. Help us out. So for Ryan, I've been Paul and Ryan. Take us home like you always do. Hope everybody enjoyed the show. Have a great week, and enjoy the fights this weekend. Later.